Hey, David. What's up? Um, so some bad news. Still no resolution on the llama story. What? Uh, these these bandits, these criminal masterminds. Thank are... you for using the term that I used properly last week. Criminal masterminds. They're still on the loose. Uh, no sign of them. No sign of the black truck. So I'm gonna monitor this vigilantly. Vigilantly. Hopefully, I don't have to go out to West Virginia, but I've got a bag ready. We have the funds to send you to Sweden to chase this jewel heist story. Yep. But we can't send you to West Virginia. There's a lot of money in jewel heists. That's true. Not as much money in uh, Peruvian pack animals. Right. Well, okay, but the the Peruvian pack animal, the laminated llama, we should name by the way. Larry the laminated llama. That's too easy, but I like it. <laughs> Larry the laminated llama. Easy. That's too easy. That should be the motto of our show. It's too easy. <laughs> you should really prep. That's, that's too that, easy. That's too, that easy. Yeah. too easy. Yeah. Let's make it harder on ourselves. But I think the main issue isn't the fact that the llama is being put in the mailbox, Anthony. I think the main issue is that the mail is being stolen from the mailbox. You say tomato, I say tomato. Sure. But what, what do you have for us this week? Okay, so things can get boring in Canada, I guess. I mean, hockey, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, when hockey is the national pastime, you have to find creative ways to get the adrenaline going. And, uh, and one guy... He decided to do that. Uh, he uh, he would go to the local aquarium in Toronto and um, strip down completely uh, completely naked. At a public aquarium. Yup. And uh, take a swim in the shark aquarium. The shark aquarium? The shark aquarium. So uh, after, uh, after a little while um, doing his skinny dipping with the sharks, he got out and... Uh, <laughs> There were, it was a mix of uh, mortified and astonished people. The crowd, there were crowds cheering him on. And uh, he got so caught up in the excitement, he jumped in again for a second swim. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And uh, meanwhile, there's security guards yelling at him, telling him to get out of there. Um, I think they called the cops. Uh, but he's just, you know, enjoying his swim as one does with the sharks completely naked. Um, so... This guy's on the loose. Police haven't found him. Has, can any, there can is any a, security or police find anybody? There's a significant gap in all of the stories I've read about this. It's how did he get away? The guy was naked in the shark aquarium. You would think like if I were trying to trap someone, I would want them naked in a shark tank. Like right? that's yeah. about as vulnerable as you can get. Now, did he blend in with the sharks? Was his skin tone uh, that of a shark? Did he blend in with them and somehow find his way out with the other sharks or something? I don't know. His eyes were set pretty far apart from each other. Oh, that would do it. So they thought he was another hammerhead and off he went. <laughs> I think so. But this guy isn't just making trouble in aquariums. Apparently, he's also wanted on an assault charge earlier in the evening um, for... Uh, a violent assault that occurred at a medieval times restaurant. So this guy is now my most interesting man in Canada. And if I've said it once, I've said it at least seven times. Nothing good ever happens at a medieval times restaurant. I have heard you say that. At least seven times. So Canadians, keep your eyes out for a white male, 35 to 40 years old, 5 feet, 10 inches tall, uh, 220 pounds. Probably no clothes on, maybe a shark bite, um, and playing with his lance a lot. Oh, that's that was unintended. I mean, I was in, it was in. 
I said those words on purpose. Sure. I didn't mean what that sounded like it meant. I don't don't quite know how to wrap this up. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. It's where I just, I sit here and stare at Anthony while he stumbles around stuff like this. Commencing the stare. And so, children, follow the law and keep your clothes on. This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast in the known universe featuring a couple of guys, me, David Henderson, and my partner, Anthony Montague, talking about sports and guys playing with their lances a lot. David. It was your thing. I'm quoting you. That was a direct quote from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, on today's show, I'm excited to talk about baseball, football, basketball. They're all coming together. It's an exciting time of year. We already touched on hockey in the opening, so we're done with that. Yeah, that was a given. Yeah. I don't think th- this may never be a, a hockey show unless we're talking gritty. <laughs> gritty can take up every segment and I'd be perfectly happy with our show. Gritty's dope. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play if you haven't already. I've been enjoying the show a lot. It's been it's been a lot of fun yeah. and I hope our listener is enjoying it too. Yeah, and if uh, if you want to follow us personally uh, on Twitter, you can find me at AG Montague. David, what's yours? What's your what's your handle? What's your Twitter handle? DP Henderson fifteen fifteen. Okay. I know you it's not the very, best. That's why I didn't want to say. No, it's because I don't remember for sure. Does it matter? Is it like an email? Does it matter if they're capitalized or not? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, search me up. I'm super easy to find because I'm up. the only David Henderson in the world. Okay. Who said search me up? I don't know. That's not a thing people say. I don't know. David, we are in the pinnacle of American sports. Yes, we are. Uh, calendar right now. This week, next week, and the week after, the four or maybe five major American sports all have meaningful games. Obviously, we're in the baseball playoffs. NFL's in full swing. Week six. College football. Halfway through the season. uh, The aforementioned NHL. (laughs) You know, they started their season. And NBA's back. So... I think for the next few weeks and the next few months, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. No, absolutely. It's going to be great. This is my favorite time of year for sports and otherwise. It's starting to cool off here in Dallas. I I can't remember what the sun here looks like because we haven't seen it for weeks. It's just been (laughs) raining constantly. Like I feared every once in a while it would stop. But no, every time I go outside, it's raining. But this is my favorite time of year because baseball's in full swing. I love this part of the football season because you start to get a feel for storylines going on. You kind of start figuring out who's good, who's bad. And then basketball starts up. I am a little nervous about basketball season though. Why is that? I don't know how exciting it's going to be because I always get super excited about basketball. And then I'm like, oh, 82 games of this. (laughs) Yeah. So Yeah, well, let's table the basketball talk. Let's turn our attention to the most pressing sport and that's Major League Baseball. Right. And, it, and Anthony's going to be very distracted this episode because it's bottom of the seventh Dodgers-Milwaukee uh, uh, game. Game and, five. Yeah, and I know when I was watching playoff baseball before and commenting on it, he got super upset and turned it off. And if I did that here, mm-hmm. our friendship might be over. Friendship? Yeah, that, yes. It would, our friendship, what's... You, you're going to play that off as a joke, but it still hurts. <laughs> David, you're among my top 50 friends. Great. So Dodgers and Brewers are tied two games apiece in the National League Championship, Championship Series. Series. I'm Sean Connery. No, no, no Sean Connery impressions. Punch no. the key. <laughs> and the day is mine.
Okay, you should have seen my hands. Um, so, and the Red Sox are up 2-1 on the Astros. And in game five right now, that we're currently watching, which obviously you know the result of, as you're listening to this, the Dodgers are up 3-1 to in the bottom of the seventh. Clayton Kershaw is batting, which means he's probably going to go out and pitch the eighth. Nail biting. I'm biting my nails. Don't this let is Kershaw scary time pitch. for Kershaw. Do not let him pitch past the seventh inning, man. Okay, so... Speaking of pitchers going yeah, a really yeah. long time, so... You texted me something that blew my mind as I was about to drive over here from work. You you texted me and you said, John Schmoltz is losing his mind. And yeah. I was like, well, yeah, obviously, but why now? And you said, because the Brewer starter faced one batter and got pulled. Yeah, he faced one batter, Cody Bellinger, walked him, and then came out of the game. And John Schmoltz, who's commentating, his... Uh, his brain died. They had to do a factory reset on John Smoltz. <laughs> that had to touch his nose and put a put a uh, uh, a paper clip yeah. behind his ear. Yeah, and uh, it's just something you don't see. I mean, it's it's happened before. It has, but usually it's like for injury yeah. or some other weird weird occurrence. This was actually planned. While we while we were uh, while I was watching it live, I thought, oh wow, like there's just a extreme overreaction to what's going on here and mismanagement of your of your pitching staff but actually so Wade Miley the starter for the Brewers he's he's it's been in the it's been the plan that he would start game six and so they saw a matchup they liked for game five and I think they also wanted the Dodgers to set their rotation or sorry to set their their um lineup lineup facing a left-handed pitcher and uh and so the Dodgers did that. They have primarily they had primarily right-handed hitters in. Why Miley comes in, walks Bellinger. They didn't get the result they wanted, but that was all he was going to face anyways was that one left-handed batter and come out and they bring in the righty. Did it not tip them off that the probable game 6 starter trotted out there for the beginning of game 5? Didn't that tip anybody off? Well, I don't know cuz the Brewers are so squirrely with their pitchers anyways. Like it's hard to know what they really have in mind because they could have been planning to only pitch him three innings, right? Like, you just don't know with the Brewers. I'm so proud of your <laughs> restraint right now. So uh, Bellinger just hit a double in the left center field, and uh, Clayton Kershaw, that giraffe, was running around the bases, and Anthony, like, couldn't... He was frozen in fear and excitement at the same time. I be, the, the scariest thing in sports is to be a Dodger fan and to watch Kershaw try and leg out a double. And he was going from first to third on this gap where... And uh, he just... He runs, like David said, like a giraffe. You think at any moment... The femur's just going to snap, yeah. uh, or he's well, going to do an awkward slide into the bag. But I, I think Dave's hot take minute might have uh, something that is more scary than that for someone, but oh, we'll good. see. Okay. But so moments like this are going to be a theme of the show today, just so okay. you know. But this game, okay, it's it's going on. It's great. We're not we're going to try not to talk about it. I want to talk about last night's game. May I start, please? Please do. Okay. Um, I did my best to be a good friend and a good co-host with you because I knew your internet went out because the because <laughs> the company that you have internet through, their internet building was struck by lightning and caught on fire. So you didn't have internet, right? Yeah. And so you couldn't watch the game because that's how you get all your game, your TV, right. everything. I stream, stream everything. Yeah. Stream everything. So I stayed up so I could watch the game. And it's the bottom of the ninth and they go into extras and it's midnight. And I was like, I'm sorry, I give up. And then they have more action happen in the 10th inning than happened in the entire game. And I missed it all, but it was a pretty exciting game from about midnight on. <laughs> so my internet came back in about the ninth inning. You're kidding. Yeah. And so I started watching it and I thought, oh, at least I'll get to watch the end. Uh, ended up, and then I ended up watching basically a full baseball game. Yeah. Because <laughs> it went to the 13th inning. Dodgers walked it off in the bottom of the 13th. 
Uh, I stayed up till 1.30 a.m. watching Dodger playoff baseball. Uh, super irresponsible, super fun, worth <laughs> most, it. Most irresponsible things are fun. Yeah. That, that's what sucks about growing up is you realize you can't do those irresponsible that's things. That's why you do them. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. I would love to find something that's responsible and fun. Yeah. So, D- David, uh, from anything you saw in the game, was there any uh, any drama, any... Uh, nice any? setup. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So, really great setup. <laughs> You're getting so good at that. Thank you. So, when... Uh, and Anthony and I might disagree a little bit on this. So Manny Machado in the 10th inning hits a routine ground out, right? It's very clear that he's going to be out and he's jogging over to first base very clearly knowing that he is going to be out. He's not trying to hustle it out or anything. He's not Johnny Hustle. No, he is not. Yeah. Who should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. So as he's wa- as he's jogging down the first baseline, he's not sprinting at all. Mm-hmm. He decides to leave his left foot out there a little bit longer and drag it out a little bit, obviously, so he can kick the, the Brewers' first baseman. Oh, don't. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I might. What about what about what I just said is inaccurate? I am stating facts right now. I don't know if I call it a kick. I, there was no extension of the foot. Okay. It was. Did he, he dragged it oh into him? Oh my gosh! He dragged his foot into the other player. His foot was. He was. He's a grown man. He's a professional athlete, a tall professional athlete, who is running or jogging at a fairly good pace, right? Mm. And he is ex- not extending his leg, but he is definitely positioning himself and his foot so that they make contact with the other player. Is that right? That's a kick. Muscle spasms are a real thing. Oh my god! Thousands of people suffer from them every day. Yeah, but not professional athletes. David, David, David. And, and David. also, also <laughs> the way the way the Brewers first baseman Arias, I think his name is, the way he was positioned on the bag, he was standing there and he was very much inside Aguilar. Aguilar my bad. He was very much inside. He was on the inside half of the bag. Just. It was a routine play, and the worst thing that could happen is if you pick up your leg, right? Get, pick up your foot and don't get the out because you're a dum-dum that picked up his foot. So he was making sure he had like a good chunk of the bag under his foot, right? And then Machado goes out of his way to to I, basically run into him. He could have just stepped on the outside of his bag with his inside foot, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just ran on through the bag like a normal baseball player. But instead, he decides to, to go on the inside part of the bag and kick Aguilar in the leg. I mean, it's uncool. And then, and this is especially bad when you consider that this is Aguilar's body. This is his livelihood. He's a professional athlete who makes money because of his body and how fine-tuned and in shape it is and everything. And a roll, their sprained ankle or a broken leg or something will ruin his career or might ruin a part of his career. David, this is all much ado about nothing. Much, much ado. I know what you did. I just didn't like it. Yeah. No, okay. It was a dirty play. I can see that. There are, there are countless dirty plays that happen throughout a season. Okay. This was not as dirty as it could have been, though. He didn't go with his spikes up. He didn't, he didn't spike his ankle. Okay. It was the equivalent of when you're walking down the hall and you're, uh, you know, your good friends passing by and you, you kind of lean over a little bit so you can just shoulder check him. That's basically what this was. A shoulder check at walking speed is very different from kicking someone while you're jogging or running. That's very different. <laughs> okay. No, it, it, it's, it wasn't a baseball play. He was fined. I think that's the appropriate reaction. I think he should be talked to by the manager. But I think there's also a little bit of an overreaction that's happening. 
in the media. And I think it partly is because he has a reputation for doing kind of dirty things uh, throughout his career. Sticking He's, your arm out while you're sliding into second to make extra contact with the player. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that he threw a bat at someone <laughs> a yeah, few that's, years ago. That's, yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, yep. Yeah, so so yes, he's been a participant in many a dirty play and been uh and and so he's got a bit of a reputation for it. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to apologize for him. I just think what happened wasn't as bad as some people are trying to characterize it as. Uh well, I think the Brewers disagree with you, especially Kristen Yelich. He was not happy about it. Yeah. So what's interesting when that, when that situation Why don't you just was... do your talking on the field, Yelich. Get a hit. Says Anthony to the NL MVP. <laughs> so the uh, that situation was interesting to me because I experienced that in uh, high school baseball. We were playing our rivals, Moapa Valley. I'm going to call you guys out. Your baseball team sucked back then, and we destroyed you every time we played you. I know all of you are listening right now and are going to be furious with me. I don't care. You guys sucked, and we destroyed you every time. Wow. But we were playing them at home, and uh, one of their players was a very similar play, was running out a ground ball, and uh, was very obviously going to be out. He definitely wasn't the fastest guy on the field. Okay, he wasn't fast at all. Okay, he was slow. And he was running down first base, and instead of touching the outside of the bag like a normal person would, he decides to not just like kind of sweep his leg out and kick somebody like Machado did. He full-on stepped on our first baseman's ankle. That's super dirty. Yeah, it was messed up. And uh, we, I'm really surprised that our team didn't go out and try, like start a fight because we were so upset. And this is our rivals, right? Yeah. And... Uh, I'm surprised at how well composed we, we maintained ourselves, right? Well, next time that guy gets up, our pitcher plunks him, right? And I thought then a fight would start maybe. And so I was in the dugout at the time and I was like ready to get uppity, but nothing happened. And then that our pitcher gets up and he gets hit too. And our pitcher handed it really well. Like if he wanted to charge him out and escalate, it would have started a fight for sure. Because we already don't like each other just because of stupid high school rivalries, right? But he just very quietly didn't even look at the pitcher and marched his way, like jogged his way over to, to first base. And we just played on. And I'm really surprised at how well composed our, our starting pitcher was. He was awesome. And he had a really level head. He was a senior named Tyler Thurston. Just a great, great kid. And he played hard. And I really appreciated that. So this situation could have gotten way out of hand. And even though the bench is cleared and they got in each other's faces and stuff, yeah. that could have caused something a lot bigger than that so i'm impressed with how composed they were but i mean you don't go after someone's legs you just don't do that in a sport and i know it happens sometimes but i was really upset when it happened to uh to our first baseman travis tishner shout out travis i know you're not listening but shout out to you anyway and uh i can't imagine what it's like for a professional player to go through that it just it it made me more upset than it should have i think i, I don't know why i care about it so much <laughs> I, i'm pretty mad about it yeah well this this series has had a lot of that that actually that game didn't have much excitement like the most exciting thing was probably that play and then up until the walk off hit right but the first inning of this game 5 that we're watching um had more kind of unusual things uh than the entire 13 innings of last night's game just in the first inning of today's game there were two challenges both upheld no yeah upheld overturned no upheld one pitching change, again, like we talked about, after one batter. One hit, one caught stealing, one stolen base, one walk, one hit by pitch, two strikeouts, and a broken bat double play. That is absolutely more <laughs> action than than the one than the entire game last night. That's insane. Yeah. So baseball's weird. Like all the action can take place in one inning, and then it's just like, let's just get to the end. Or let's just get to the next inning where there's some action. You know? There's it's it's very unique among sports in that in that regard because you know football basketball there's almost continuous scoring i mean football you may have some some 
possessions where you don't score, but there's Looking always at you Jaguars. <laughs> there's always action and there's field position that you're thinking about. And, uh, so it's, whereas baseball, you could, you could take a nap, wake up and it's like, you know, 30 minutes later and the game's in the exact same situation as it was when you went to sleep. No, for sure. It's definitely a background sport sometimes. So John Smoltz drives you crazy a little bit, right? Yeah. And he's calling this game, which has your team, your, he's calling this series with Joe Buck and mm-hmm. he's kind of driving you nuts. Explain why. Oh, he just doesn't uh, have anything in life that he cares about. He's just like not a happy person. I don't think he has any joy. No, I hope he does. I think he probably has like family and stuff. And I know he likes to golf from listening to, to interviews. But he is, again, the the word we like to throw around here. He's a curmudgeon. I love that word. He's, uh, he's stuck in the 1990s and he hates analytics. He hates what it's done to the game of baseball with these defensive shifts, with swinging for the fences as Long opposed to just trying to move running, uh, move the runners over. No bunting. Um, did you see what A-Rod did to him? I so don't, at, no, I don't at the so. end of the game, they threw it over to to the the uh, I don't know what you call that crew, the, the studio crew, right? Yeah. A-Rod and David yeah. Ortiz, all those guys, right? And uh, uh, Big Poppy, and they. Uh, Smoltz was complaining about them not bunting a man over with one out. Yeah. Right? And A-Rod pulled up the stats and actually wrote them down on like these really crappy looking index cards. And he was like, all right, let me explain it for everyone at home. And he was like, the percentage of someone scoring on uh, from first base with one out is 67%. Or he gave up some percentage. And he said, and then scoring from second with two outs. And he held up another post-it note, which is like less than half oh, yeah. of that. And so he's explaining the analytics like to John Smoltz. I was like, whoa, now, th- <laughs> now they have to play in the shade. Oh, mm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So baseball's fun. This is the funnest time of year. If you're, if you're not watching baseball now, there's no point in watching it at any other point in the year. Uh, it's, as a fan, if you don't have a rooting interest, I think it's it's really fun. If you're a fan, it's torture. It's fun when your team's up and you're pretty sure you're going to win. Dodgers are up 5-1 right now in the bottom of seventh. I'm feeling pretty good about it. But when they're not doing well or when they're on the brink of elimination, the, the knots in your stomach, at least in mine, uh, it's just it's almost so painful. It's I almost just don't want to watch. But I feel like that would be like a betrayal, right? Um, and just to give some love to the other series, uh, Red Sox up 2-1. The next two games are in Houston. And then if necessary, the final two games will be back in Boston. The Astros have looked unbeatable for so long, but somehow find themselves down 2-1 to in this series. And it's just a, a case of the Red Sox hitters being incredibly hot right now. And they've really been hot all season. That's how you win a hundred and what is it, six hundred and eight games, something like that. They won a lot of games. Yeah, and, um, and you can quote me on that. And they they haven't cooled off. I mean, they had, they had a grand slam to really put it away last night. Um, the one bit of controversy in the series is that an Astros employee was escorted um, from Fenway Park. This was in Game One, I believe, um, for. <laughs> for recording the Red Sox dugout. And what, what some people think is that he was probably stealing signs. Uh, the Astro story is that he was recording the Red Sox to make sure that they weren't stealing signs. Of course. Because <laughs> that's what you do. Of course. Hey, I may be a British spy in Nazi Germany, but I'm just here to make sure your spies aren't spying on us. Are you? Are you spying on us? No? Good. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, this, this whole, okay, this whole situation... 
sign stealing has been going on in baseball since the beginning of time. You asked the managers about the sign stealing situation. They was like, oh yeah, I guess we heard something about it. I'm always yeah. worried about that. That's something we worry about all the time. And I was like, that's perfect because you know what? I'm going back to my high school playing, playing days again. If I could let a batter know that a pitch was going to be inside, I would. I would hold a fist up to whatever side of the plate the catcher was setting up on, right? And what are the high school players going to do? They don't have enough experience to like switch stuff up or like set up on the inside, but then like throw to the knee kind of a thing. They, they weren't experienced enough to do that kind of stuff. So very often I would be at the plate and I would know what pitch is coming inside or vice, or no, I'd be on second base and I'd tell the guy if pitch is coming inside or outside, right? So sign stealing is something that's been going on since the beginning of time in baseball. Mm-hmm. And both managers even said, we switch stuff up all the time anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And some sports writers have um, come out with columns in the last couple of days saying, Baseball should come down harder on on sign stealers, maybe even take away draft picks. But there's no rule against sign stealing. There's there's maybe like the unwritten rule of baseball, but the unwritten rule is that if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? That's like, yeah, that's like yeah. the first rule of baseball. Yeah, and even even this idea of like having a substance on you to make the baseball more sticky as a pitcher, yeah. batters know what's going on and batters are okay with it because they're against getting hit in the head with a 98 mile an hour fastball. Right. And so right. pitchers are okay with the, the pitchers having better grip on the ball. Yeah. And the pitchers, of course, are going to do it. So there are a lot of these inside things that are going on that the common fan would consider cheating, maybe. But that's been going on in baseball for forever. So it's basically like, yeah, it's okay to have some sort of substance on you to be, get a better grip on the ball. Just hide it well enough that yeah. there's no suspicion, which is weird. And it's like, it's okay to steal signs. The other team needs to be better at hiding their signs, basically. Yeah. It's okay to drag your foot on first base and just clip the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Clip the first baseman. A little different. A little different, okay. So, tell me what I want, what I really want. Yo, tell me what I want, what I really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, David, 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 I'll take a minute. Okay. You remember last week when I said I don't want anything like what you did last week? If you want to do a hot take minute. Okay, now you get, what? If you want to do a hot take minute, what? Keep going. That was my pass, pass the baton. Okay, that was, all right. Just, let's not do that. In three. No, gosh. Two, one. During game four of the NLCS, John Smoltz said that he was not stuck in the 90s. He said that to set up a comment that was a complaint about how things were different and better in the 90s than they are now. Smoltz, I know you're listening, so do me a favor and look up self-awareness in the dictionary. Jimmy Butler is going full diva mode, and I'm here for it. <laughs> NBA stars are coming out and saying a bunch of training videos and equipment are garbage and won't help young players. It made me think about all those instructional videos for baseball I saw when I was a kid. Like the Fred McGriff one where his hat was way above his head, right, way on top of his head. One video showed kids throwing balls from the outfield into a trash can on its side. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. It's like they were telling us something. Football has been so fun this year. The Chiefs and Rams have young quarterbacks and are lighting up NFL defenses. Brady, Rodgers, Breeze are still performing at a high level and young quarterbacks are growing into superstars right before our eyes. Super fun this year. I'm worried that the NBA offseason will be more interesting than the NBA regular season. I mean, a lot of interesting stuff went down this summer and we all know it will be the LeBrons versus the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals and the Magic and the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, we all know that's happening, all right? Yeah, that's going down. We just know that. So just let's just skip to that. If I see one more Dodger swing at a strike, uh, swing at a strike three at eye level, I'm going, well, I'm not going to do anything. They shouldn't be doing that. But as a rational, fully formed adult, I realize that nothing I do will affect the outcome of a game being played thousands of miles away. 
I'm looking at you, anyone who is wearing lucky socks, who sits in the same spot every game, or who eats the same snacks during games, or who try to send good vibes to their teams through the TV. You know who you are. Uh, I good vibed Justin Turner right before his home run. So I must be talking to you. When does Wisconsin get more nervous? When Aaron Rodgers punches a shark with his throwing hand? Or when he decides to scramble and run for a first down? Also, why isn't Aaron Rodgers calling all of the plays all of the time for the Packers? I heard something that I really, really hope is true. One game, Aaron Rodgers was hurt and didn't play. Mike McCarthy had Rodgers call all of the team's plays that game. His backup threw six touchdowns that game. Hashtag free Aaron Rodgers. The Packers look amazing when Rodgers calls the plays. When he doesn't, they look clumsy and awful. Aaron Rodgers should be calling all of the plays like Peyton Manning. And people need to observe proper uh, shared bathroom etiquette. Don't leave any water or other liquids on the toilet for me to clean up after you because if I don't, the lady behind me will think I was the yucky bathroom person. But I can't let that happen, so I have to clean up your mystery liquids so people don't think I left the mystery liquid behind. This may or may not be based on actual events that happened a few days ago. Okay, and now I need to prepare for a visit by a very special friend, my brother and our sound editor, Adam, who is coming to Dallas this weekend. It's going to be awesome. See you soon, bro. Okay, so the uh, the bathroom story happened to me today. No way. Okay, I walked into my bathroom at work, and it was flooded. Like, oh. like there was like, you you once you get to like the sinks, so you walk in, there's the sink area and the mirror, and then there's the urinals and all that stuff, right? And sounds like a bathroom. Yeah, it's just like a bathroom, and uh, the 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 entire toilet and urinal area was flooded like maybe like half an inch of water like you would step in it and it would splash a little oh that's not good so i i basically walked up to it and and realized it was all wet and so i started to turn around as i'm turning around the janitor walks in <laughs> and he looks at me and he looks at the water and he has this like disgusted look on his face like, i was like you <laughs> disgusting dirty rotten jerk who's making me do this awful work it's your fault and I'm like, oh. did you did you cover your name badge? You have a name badge at work, right? Did you cover it up? And you're like, oh, no, no. I was like, oh yeah, I, I it was. I don't know what happened. It was I, like I, I don't know. I, I'm a, I don't have no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he just he just kind of shook his head, and I walked out. Whatever. He thought he caught you brown handed. Ew. Okay. It sounded good in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I should have backed off of that as soon as I realized brown handed was gross. Sorry. Weird. Um, oh. All right, David. October. Late October. Yeah, baseball playoffs, okay. But what else? What else is there? We already talked about hockey. You know what's back. Hockey. You know what's back. Hockey. NBA Twitter. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have enjoyed. I wasn't on NBA Twitter until uh, uh, this last season. And NBA Twitter, uh, mm. NBA Twitter is a fun place to be at. Yeah. It, uh, so many memes. There's uh, instant analysis of everything. You've got your analytics uh, group of people who who hate Kobe and love LeBron. Uh, I don't know why. And then you've got uh, the eye test people. You've got your 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 team uh, team centric people. So I I follow a, a wide mix of people, but a lot of it is like Lakers fans. And uh, the only an- analytics people I follow happen to be Lakers fans. Oh, that helps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, NBA Twitter is, is a very fun place. But what are you excited for for this NBA season? Obviously, the, the season started last night. Celtics 76ers, Celtics won. Warriors Thunder, Warriors won. Westbrook didn't play. I'm not, I didn't actually catch why. But um, but we're here. 
the full slate of games tonight and tomorrow. Every team will have played by tomorrow. So what what are the the, the handful of things you're excited for this season that you're going to be paying attention to? So actually, one of the first things I, I thought of when you started talking about NBA was Donovan Mitchell. I think he should have been the rookie of the year last year, but he didn't get any of that shine. They gave it to Ben Simmons, right? But mm-hmm. I think Donovan Mitchell is a more complete player. I think he was playing with uh, with lesser talent, especially lesser offensive talent in Utah, and he uh, helped to drive that team as a rookie into a deep playoff run, beating the Thunders. The Thunders. Dope. Beating the Thunder. <laughs> Los Thunders. Los Thunders. And so uh, I'm excited to see if Donovan Mitchell can take a step forward, which most second-year players do. And if he's better, like if he improved his outside shooting and he still maintains the same athleticism and ability to get to the basket, and if he improves his playmaking a little bit in his defense, he's going to be a great player for a long time. I think he'll be an all-star, and I think he'll help take the Jazz to another playoff run because with the stifled tower, Rudy Gobert in there playing Mm -hmm. great defense, and he's athletic enough to get out on the perimeter to guard anybody except for Steph Curry. He'll turn him around like 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 a top. But... They have a grit. They have good team defense, and with Donovan Mitchell in there making plays and scoring points, the Jazz are going to be fun. And I'm excited to see what Donovan Mitchell does. Yeah, and and like most uh, second and third year players, the, the the year between your first and second year and second and third year are the years where you make the biggest jumps in your career. Yeah, I've I've heard scouts and other people say that after the third year, you basically know who a player is. Generally, of course, you have those exceptions where mm-hmm. players continue to get better and better. Kawhi Leonard's a perfect example of that, but. Generally, after the third year, you know the kind of player you're getting from a prospect. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be really interesting for me to see to watch all of these second and third year players. Uh, see how Tatum does. See if uh, if Kuzma and, and Ball progress. Ingram, I'm excited to see see what happens there. They're all Lakers. Simmons, Ben Simmons, Fultz. I'm super perplexed by Fultz. He was the number one pick uh, a year, two years ago. We're, and, all, we're and all perplexed by Fultz. He like forgot how to shoot and has no confidence on the basketball court. So weird, and it will forever be remembered as the trade that netted the Celtics Tatum and a top five pick. Yeah. Yeah. So not looking great right now for the 76ers. No. What else? Well, what are you excited about? Let's just get this over with. Okay. Something something off uh, a little little off the Lakerland. I'm excited to see Giannis at Tecumpo. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually Antetokounmpo. Yeah, that's what I said. Antetokounmpo. Tagovailoa. <laughs> Greek freak. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see to see Giannis because I think he has everything, the raw skills you would want in a basketball player. He hasn't put it together for a full season yet. I think if he does, he's the MVP. Uh, that that level of athleticism, that body type, he can play really point guard to center. I mean. It, they call him the Greek freak for a reason. Right, because um, he's from Greece. I think he and Embiid, maybe Donovan Mitchell, are you know for the next decade could be sharing MVPs. And so I, I'd really like to see him take just that next step to be you know LeBron's out of the East now. And the East is his, right? He you got Embiid who's going to be a, a factor as well. But I think he he can really really cement um, his legacy as like an all time Buck, which the list is not that long. <laughs> Um, by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's not that long. You've got Jabbar and Robertson and Michael Red. I don't know. Yeah, I remember Michael Red. <laughs> like, hey, you're throwing it way back. Yeah. Uh, and so he, Michael Red. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what what um, 
improvements he makes this this offseason. So you know what he said? He said he's been shooting a lot now. Oh, good. He's going to start shooting. If he adds a shot to his game, we're going to see like Giannis Antetokounmpo shooting three-pointers and doing everything else he does is basketball in the year 2050. Yeah. Like they're all going to be that right. in, in 30 years. So Yeah. Also, my team's hated rival the Celtics, but they're a fun team to watch. And it'll be interesting to see now that Hayward's healed what he and Kyrie together with these really young talented players can do they have not played a regular season game together yet last night last was, the night first was one. their first one yeah and uh and they looked really good yeah and they're going to continue to get better and one they've got f- the best coach in the NBA yeah Brad Stevens knows what he's doing man I mean he, look what he took to to uh, a deep playoff run last year and then you add the superstars who were supposed to get you there before, he's going to know what to do. And as long as they buy into his system and what he has going with the young guys there, they're going to be a really great team this year. And I think they're the favorites to win the East by far. Something else I'm really interested in is uh, the Timberwolves drama. Like I said in my hot take minute, I love this. And uh, analysts have been saying that apparently in practice, he was all calling everybody out. You need me to win, stuff like that. And one of my favorite things is apparently he grabbed all the third string guys it's so like the third rotation, those guys, end of the bench guys. He took four of those guys and played the rest of the starters, and apparently he beat them down in practice and is getting in everybody's face and stuff like that. And and somehow Rachel Nichols from ESPN happened to be in Minnesota that day so she could interview him after practice. Weird. Yeah, that wasn't set up at all. That's serendipitous. Yeah. But I love, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, just because it's more entertaining, it's more fun. Basketball to me is entertainment. Right, I'm not out there playing, so I don't have to like respect the game or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just make it entertaining. And Jimmy Butler going full wrestling hill on his <laughs> own team, I am here for that. Yeah. The the other things I guess to look forward to, obviously LeBron and the Lakers. Let's see that that train wreck or that magnificence come together. Well, I don't know what's gonna happen. I think that it could be a rough start out the gate, like a lot of teams LeBron's gone to. Um, it's it's LeBron. We know what's gonna happen. This team is going to do, they're going to overperform. They're going to outperform expectations, right? And LeBron is going to make everybody around him look amazing. And Luke Walton somehow is going to get credit like he did when he was coaching the Warriors for that five months or whatever it was. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. They're going to go to the playoffs and they're going to make a lot of noise. And LeBron James is the major reason why that's going to happen. And the Young King. Don't forget the Young King. Who was who, who again? I forgot who the Young King was because it doesn't really matter. Who was it? Lonzo Ball. Actually, oh, there's sure. a there's a great cartoon picture. It's like showcases like the most popular player on every team, and um, LeBron's there and he's holding a baby Lonzo. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. He's got a little binky in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, also, Boogie Cousins. I don't know when it's gonna be. If it's gonna be January, February, March, maybe not even until the playoffs. But when he comes back, how does that change the the Warriors dynamic? I mean, they're they're already the best team without him. Does he feature much into the roster? Is he just kind of there so he can collect his chip and then move on? Well, imagine you bring in the seventh guy off the bench and it's Boogie Cousins. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. And that's what the Warriors have because, you know, they didn't have enough help. They needed to go get something. I'm glad things are finally starting to break their way. Oh, tell me about it. They've had a rough go for the last little while. Tell you what, though. The Rockets, they had a chance to beat them. And now that they have another player who likes to stand around... <laughs> I'm so excited to see the stat cast that are going to come out for the Rock for the Rockets and like like Carmelo Anthony average speed this game is going to be like 0.05 miles an hour and stuff like that like time idle is going to be like 85% of the game it's going to be wonderful to see those stat casts I'm so excited for that there's going to be so much standing around and so much beard traveling 
Yeah, well, and not traveling. I wonder if D'Antoni is going to be able to break the Mellow Code on his second time with him, right? He, he got to experience Mellow in New York when, when, it was, when it was Mellow's team. Now Mellow is third fiddle to Chris Paul and James Harden. So uh, interesting to see if he buys into the Rocket system. I don't really know what that system is other than hoist a lot of threes and miss them in the crucial games. Oh, man. So many threes missed in a row. They should be. They should have won that series against the the Warriors. So adding another player who can shoot the three and stand around with the best of them, we'll see what happens. Maybe that puts him over the top. All right. Do you want to explain this more than you need to, or do you just want to get right into the Fabulous Five? Uh, Fantastic Five? Sorry, what did I call it? Fat, uh, fabulous? I don't know. Are you feeling fabulous today or not? I feel like that's a loaded question in 2018. Anthony's Fantastic Five Headlines of the Week. Go. Fantastic headline number one. Python falls through ceiling at Chinese Bank. Now, this may seem like your everyday Chinese occurrence, but watching the video is pretty interesting. They're having a staff meeting at the bank. Oh, it's during a meeting? Yeah, there's a staff (laughs) meeting. Everyone's just kind of standing around at the bank. All the tellers are gathered together. And uh, out of nowhere, just Python, boom, drops from the ceiling. Onto the table where they all are? No, onto the floor. Oh, geez. Yeah, and, and it starts slithering and everyone runs how big is this python massive it's huge uh also interesting wrinkle in the story uh not the first python that just showed up at work they had a snake (laughs) invasion like last year very few details about it but it was mentioned in some stories so if you're working at this bank in china you know maybe seek other employment there's probably lots of banks in china wear boots Pakistani martial artist cracks 243 walnuts with his head. Okay, at the same time or one by one? One by one. So basically he has them all lined up on a table and he just headbutt crack, headbutt crack, headbutt crack. How long did this take him? <laughs> I don't have the exact time. It took it, t- it took a while um, and I don't think he was time limited. I think it was just like an endurance thing. And he it was actually a Guinness world record. Oh, well, good uh, for him. He broke the last one, which was somewhere in like the two teens. So he broke it by like 30 something walnuts, um, which was only set in September. Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Apparently this isn't a tough nut to crack. Mm, next mm. one. Next one. Okay. Uh, fantastic headline number three. U.S. Embassy apologizes after mistakenly sending Cookie Monster cat invitation. No, you, <clears throat> no, you, no, no, you do not disrespect Cookie Monster. No, I am so upset. Uh, I don't care if Manny Machado steps on everybody's leg. That is not as much of an atrocity as this disrespect of a national treasure that is Cookie Monster. I am so upset by this right now. What's the disrespect? A cat invitation? It was obviously some cruel joke. So You take the Cookie Monster seriously, people. Okay, moving on, apparently. He belongs on Mount Rushmore. Of what? The Mount, the Mount Rushmore. Okay. Wow. Uh, on a side note, uh, the guy who plays Big Bird retired today. Oh wow. And a sad day for Sesame Street. It's a sad day on the street. Fantastic. days. Fantastic headline number four. Rally driver stops mid-race at someone's house to have a poo. Again, I did not write these headlines. These are actual headlines. So can I, that one sounds fun to say. Can I say it? Yes. I know we don't really do this, but sure. rally driver stops mid-race at someone's house to have a poo. Yeah, and, and it's just some rando, some 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 someone along the way. So French driver 
uh, he's driving along, has to go. The race isn't gonna be over for a while. He's in Wales, and uh, <laughs> and so he decides, uh, what the heck? Stops the car in front of a house, knocks. They're nice enough to let him in and use the toilet. So he's he's got like some fancy race car out yes. front. He's in his full racing gear, and he's exactly. like, knock, knock, knock. Hey. Can I poop? Yeah, basically. And, and the people were interviewed. There's video of it actually happening. The people were interviewed. They're like, yeah, it took a long time because he had to get out of his racing gear. <laughs> <laughs> so he probably lost a few a few positions. That's got to be a terrible feeling, man, yeah. to have all that clothing on and then have to go to the bathroom during a race. Yeah. That pressure must have been high. But, I mean, well done on those people to let him in and, and use it. And I hope he ends up winning the race. I think this is like stage 23. I know nothing about rally racing. Seems like a lot of stages. I mean, they're driving by somebody's house. I mean, how fast can you go? Also, astronaut diapers, like, look into those. Might save you some time. Fantastic headline number five. Portland, Michigan police getting angry messages about Portland, Oregon. So, I know as a country, maybe we're not so great at geography. Yeah, we're the worst geologists I know. Yeah, but what's happening is the Portland, Michigan police department is getting really, really nasty Facebook messages um, from people in Portland, Oregon, thinking that it's the Portland, Oregon Police Department. And they're saying, you know, why aren't you basically cleaning up the streets? You're letting Antifa roam wild. Um, it's the, the, the Portland, Michigan Police Department is so inundated with Facebook messages and phone calls and, uh, and emails from people outside of their city and outside of their state that they've had to like issue several PSAs. They've had to like update their Facebook page so that people see right away that they're not the Portland, Oregon police department. So, um, I'm, I have nothing. That story just makes me sad. Yeah. Go to school. People crack open a book every once in a while. Maybe look at a map. You have a map in your pocket that can show you the entire world with a few clicks of your thumb. Do that. Do 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 do. I still think we need to not do music stuff to begin or end these segments. We'll agree to disagree. Okay. It just takes one person to do bad music intro intros and stuff, so I think it's going to keep going. So, segueing seamlessly into football this week, I super enjoy the NFL this year. It's been a lot of fun. It's been so fun that the only words I could think of to describe it were super enjoy. <laughs> So Sunday almost night makes sense. Almost makes sense time. So someone called me a doctor of words recently, mm. and I was like, mm, no, I'm more like went to a trade school, like a Doctor Frankenstein of words. No, no, more like a, I have a certificate in words. Ah, that's more what I have. But uh, Sunday night, Chiefs and Patriots play, and it was a delight to see Patrick Mahomes slinging the ball around, playing great. Andy Reid's offense one working wonders against the Patriots defense. And then just to have Tom Brady outgun you by three points. It was a fantastic game. It was so much fun. And then Monday night, I get to watch my personal favorite quarterback of all time. I think he's the best quarterback ever. I mean, especially when you consider that he has to play with with coaches who don't know how to scheme offensively and, and subpar players. Again, it, a, a regular Running back on their team is Ty Montgomery, who wears number 88 and entered the league as a tight end and is still listed as a tight end. He gets more carries than anybody else on the team, and he still goes out there and wins you games. When he calls the plays, things go better for them. It's You're so fun to watch. You're basically describing Peyton Manning. No, I'm not. You're basically describing Peyton Manning. No, I'm Peyton not. Manning. Peyton Manning, yeah, he was. He called his own plays and stuff, but he had really great receivers, Marvin Harrison. He had Edron James. He had a great offensive line. Jeff Saturday is a Hall of Famer. 
So no way, T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton, he had, uh, he had really great uh, talent around him in Indianapolis. And uh, then he went to Denver and had one of the best defenses. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get that. Oh, by the way, Peyton, huge fan. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't get the benefit of any of that stuff. He carries this team week after week after week on injured, broken legs. And he's running for first downs and things like that and breaking my team, the 49ers hearts. But it was so amazing to watch him run that two-minute drill at the end of that game, throwing back shoulder passes that were on the money and just being so smart and everything, getting them down to the 15-yard line so that Mason Crosby, last week's GOAT and this week's hero, can, can kick the game winner. It was a beautiful thing to watch. From Russia with Meow. <laughs> All right. The, the town of Zeleningradsk, Russia. Crushed it. Thank you. Had a recent job posting that qu- got quite a bit of interest from its residents. Um, they had over 80 applicants for this very, very important job. And is Zeleningradsk, is, is that a big city? It's not a huge city. So 80 applicants is a, a lot for a position? Yeah, it's like probably more than they've ever had for anything. Oh, wow. I'm not basing that on anything I've read or any actual knowledge, but it's my assumption. But this job, like I said, is super important. Um, it's the um, it's the cat chief. The what? The the. the... Oh, I hit I hit your moving desk. <laughs> That's my bad. I hit I, I bumped something on your moving. Okay, let me put it back. Almost there. Almost there. There we go. Uh, there we go. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Cat so, chief. Position of cat chief. So uh, apparently uh, Zelenogradsk, Russia, has somewhat of a stray cat problem. Although they don't want it to be a problem. They want it to actually be uh, their calling card. That's a callback to last week's episode, the calling card. Nice. Get it? Uh, so they've got, um, I don't know. Let me see. They've got. 70 stray cats in the city more or less i like that they keep tabs on this tabs tab get that tabby nope. tabby cat oh now i do yep a little bit of a stretch but go okay. ahead yeah and uh instead of letting these cats just wander around and causing a nuisance in the city rummaging through garbages for for food they actually have a person dedicated to feeding them they get a budget of 5700 rubles which is 85 dollars a month um to feed the cats and uh, <laughs> they're 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 tasked with um, dishing out food, petting them. She gets a ride. She can give them bike rides. It's kind of a weird job, but someone's got to do it, David. Does someone really have to do this job, though? Really, is it something they have to do? But they've even erected a cat statue in the town, all a, in an a a, all in an attempt to rebrand itself as the uh, the foremost cat loving community in russia so i don't know if anyone heard that but i said a, a cat you oh well done thank you and so this story i think it really finally explains why america and russia have never really been able to get along americans were dog people by and large russians apparently super weird cat people so i just imagine all of them even the heads of state at home, Putin their cat. <laughs>